0: So oh, this is love, mm-hmm. so this is love, so this is what makes life Hey hey hey, welcome to round two of our latest mini podcast series, So This Is Love. Yesterday was West Africa, but today, Moja's meeting point is in the north. This majority Muslim region of Africa includes Morocco, Libya, Egypt, Algeria, and Tunisia. It's traditional for brides from this region to perform a ritual bath called the hammam to purify themselves before marriage. Next, the bride and those closest to her will gather for a henna party, where their hands and feet will be decorated with the traditional dye for good luck. North African weddings are almost always Muslim, so the rituals and customs will be derived from Islam, meaning one way or another you are going to end up in the most beautiful mosque for a ceremony. It's important to dress conservatively in the mosque, this means no bare arms or legs for both genders and for women to cover their hair using a scarf. You will be asked to remove your shoes prior to entering the mosque, as it is a holy place of worship. A Muslim wedding will feature a short ceremony called nikah, which is totally segregated by gender. The wedding reception might be fully separated as well, with different rooms for men and women, different tables for men and men, or a partition down the table. For the reception, the same clothing rules apply, but you most likely won't need to keep your head covered as a non-Muslim guest. If it was me attending, I probably would though. Better safe than sorry. The wedding ceremony will most likely be short and sweet. Well, this is what they say online, but I doubt in practice they're actually as short as people claim they are. These weddings are expensive and beautiful. To add, the brides always look gorgeous. I'm talking like gorgeous, gorgeous. It better be long. I want to admire the outfits specifically hers. Anyway, I digress. The ceremony consists of three main parts. We begin with the mayor, a ceremonial presentation of gifts, money, or rather meaningful offerings to the bride from the groom. Many times, the bride's engagement ring is considered part of the mayor. At this time, the bride and groom are not able to see each other. Next, both the bride and groom need to consent to the marriage by saying kubol he or just kubol three times each when asked by the imam. I know you could probably hypothesize the role of the imam from the context, but the imam is the religious officiant. Next is the nikah nama, the traditional contract, the two-be-wedded pair sign in front of their guests. It's read aloud in Arabic, and verses from the Quran, the central religious texts of the Islamic faith, are read during a short sermon. After this point, the couple is officially wedded. Savakah is the last part of a Muslim wedding ceremony. As the couple recesses from the ceremony, the bride is showered with coins and celebration. Now, I'm going to end this podcast here and keep it very general as I've read a lot of different things online concerning Muslim weddings and dating traditions. The general consensus is that a lot of the times the meetings are still arranged, but due to technology and social media, that has begun to change. To add, there are many branches in the Islamic faith, each branch probably having their own variations of these traditions, even if the changes are minimal. That would explain why each time I read about these traditions, there was always something slightly different, though the general process was the same. Now, I'm not talking about the religious-related traditions. I'm talking about the ceremonial, more symbolic-related traditions. I, myself, am Christian. Though I know about the Islamic religion in general, I've never read much about Islamic marriage traditions. If I've said anything incorrect or perhaps not at an important aspect of the traditions, please let me know in the comment section below. We're all learning, right? Thank you for being here and goodbye!